coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. <laughs> Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzz on Movies. I'm Teddy. I'm Matt, coming to you from a dilapidated movie theater on a, oh. on a sun-setting street. Oh, no. I'm just getting into the mood. I'm getting into yeah, the mood. Yeah, yeah. You know? All setting, the theaters are dilapidated. Now. Setting the mood here for the film, uh, the the opening credits, and the the several interstitial shots throughout the film for some it's, reason. It's, it's very thematic. I think it's intentional. Yeah. It's about movies are failing or something. I don't know. Yeah. I tr- I'm trying to extrapolate meaning out of a movie that isn't this. <laughs> it's about the decay <laughs> of Hollywood. Anyway, we're here tonight. <laughs> To talk about uh, the 2013 film *The Canyons*, the erotic thriller starring uh, yes. Lindsay Lohan and James Dean. Yes, James Dean, the disgraced porn star. <laughs> yes, um, not not James Dean, the James Dean, but James D E E N. Could you imagine if that James Dean and Lindsay Lohan were ever somehow in a movie together? I mean, obviously well, one of them is dead. So, but like that doesn't stop anyone in, anymore. There, God knows technology. He'll be. There was literally movie. someone a few years ago talking about making like a CGI version of James Dean to star yeah. in a movie, like literally. Yep. So that <laughs> it's not outside the realm of possibility, but this is the porn star. Um, he's starring in this film is directed by Paul Schrader. Um, by Brett Easton Ellis. Brett Easton Ellis. A very, very like high profile uh, combination here. Paul Schrader, Look. best known for um, his screenwriting career, writing Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, uh, Last Temptation of Christ. Uh, but he's also directed several high profile movies as well um, um and you know it's it it's um you know when this movie did come out it was very they tried to make a big push with it they tried yeah. to make a splash they wanted it to be a big deal he directed first reformed most recently um, i know that the, it's it's very well, funny the, to think that he did this and also first reformed it's just like <laughs> too drastic the like the differences in like quality it's just so stark um, it's very it's very interesting <laughs> Paul Schrader is an interesting guy, very talented filmmaker, has some questionable tastes from time to time. Uh, sure. But but this this does feel like a Paul Schrader movie. And and going into it, I think we can really dig into why exactly that is. Also, Brett Easton Ellis, best known for um, American Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Among others. Not, yeah, I was going to say, but he's also just a, you know, a writer, less than zero. He did that. Um he did uh yeah he's done a number of things actually the rules of attraction mm-hmm. was, he was he was so um and he's also himself a, a controversial fig, uh, figure so <laughs> it's kind of a strange person so it's very interesting but yes we will be getting into that tonight um the tie-in with last week's episode last week's two weeks ago episode um our last episode yes our last our previous episode uh porn this is another another film tied in with porn um in this case it's just amateur porn but also it stars a porn star so kind of industry related yeah notably stars a porn star he really wanted to make it um james (laughs) dean really wanted this to be a, a break for him um didn't really work out that way for him but yeah this was part of like 
there was like a little run there for a while where like porn stars were like trying to switch over. You know, Sasha Gray was in a bunch of things, including uh, the girlfriend experience with Steven Soderbergh. Um, well, he's but, he he very famously wanted to, and he he worked really hard to be like a um a well known porn figure. Just not like you know, people knew who he was, not just from watching. You know, they just knew. Um, he was a known. He was a somewhat known name. Um, yeah, he really tried to make it. Um, remember when he was like, I mean, he's done a lot of shitty things now. But remember when he was like, I wanted to be in porn since I was in kindergarten, and I was like, What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's that's fun. It's like, why did you why did you know about it? I was like, gonna say, <laughs> why do you know? Like, I did. I mean, I would say that I probably started watching earlier than many and i didn't know in kindergarten like <laughs> like what um so very strange. yeah man i was just watching sesame street back then i don't know what he was up to yeah. um but yes very interesting and controversial figure obviously i mean um, controversial is maybe a software yes he's been accused of like rape. he's been accused um, of rape so it's worse than yeah. that um but it, that that seems to be, I mean, really, so many people working on this film are controversial. Like we talked about Schrader, um, known for his weird online presence these days. He just does a lot of stuff on Facebook where he just like lays it all out there, yeah. <laughs> talks in a way that most people don't these days. Um, <laughs> and uh, and also, I mean, Lindsay Lohan a, certainly. I was, well, I was not say, in a, in a shocking twist, Lindsay Lohan is like the most normal person in this movie. They're <laughs> involved in this film. It's a very strange twist of fate. I mean, at the time, you might not have been able to say that about her. Um, at the yeah. time when this movie came out, this was really, you know, Lindsay Lohan was the butt of most jokes back in like 2013. This was like the last movie she starred in before everything really blew up for her. And it was already in the process of blowing up right. at the time. Right. Um, but yeah, interest. She does a great job in this. She's probably like, she's the standout star of this movie. Um, one of the few things that makes it really interesting to watch. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely an unusual film. Something that we we talked about covering early in the podcast. Uh, again, we keep we keep coming back to these same thematic elements in the stuff that we cover here. Um, we love we love a porn movie, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah I guess we're, we're I do have love to... an erotic thriller. I, I I am a big fan of the erotic thriller as a category. You know, the whether or not this not movie succeeds in being erotic is, you know, <laughs> I would say it's questionable. It's certainly trying though. It is certainly yeah. trying to be erotic. Um, but yeah that's true all right but before we get really deep into the canyons why don't we talk about just what we've been seeing recently it's been a little while since we've been back we've had some uh some it's more health issues since i could um yeah i had covid um <laughs> i'm just gonna put that out there um that was fun um I have seen actually a lot because as a result of having COVID, I also stayed home just like a lot. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, that's uh, um, when, what day did we last record? Uh, do, do, do. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while since I'll be. Uh, 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 
Been a while since I've been sorry. Don't know those lyrics. It's been a while. Then then it was April thirteenth. April thirteenth. Okay. So I just want to make sure I'm only talking about, you know, mentioning things that I've seen since then. Um Yeah, so you know, I I was home for a while after that because I had a virus. Um I know this will shock people, but you have to stay home. <laughs> When you have COVID. Um, nonsense. Nonsense. Get back um, out there, slugger. Oh, hmm, bad idea. Um, <laughs> I watched a lot of stuff at home, obviously. Um, but I have seen some stuff in theaters recently. I saw everything everywhere all at once. I've seen The Northman. I saw Ambulance. I saw yeah. We're All Going to the World's Fair. Hell yeah. Um, so I, I have been getting back to it now that I'm COVID free. Um, you know, I watched a bunch of stuff at home too. Watched a bunch of horror movies that are kind of recent releases that I've missed, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, you know, that's what I've been doing. What about you? Um, so I I've seen a couple of the recent releases. I missed Ambulance. I don't know if I've mentioned that before on the podcast, but literally it was here for like two weeks and I missed it. Um, so annoying. I saw everything everywhere all at once. Um, definitely, I love that movie. It was yeah, so very cool. Good. Very, very good. Um, the Daniels did it again. They made a weird, strange movie that was oddly horny at times, and that was bit, also yeah. very heart, heartful and touching. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful movie. I encourage everyone to check it out. Uh, if if you're if it's still in theaters near you, it's not as weird as the last one. Uh, but it's it's a, a little more fun. I think it's a little more like off the wall crazy. Um, and it's got yeah, the multiverse is, yeah. stuff, which the crowds just can't get enough of these days, apparently. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> we love the multiverse here. See, it's it's thematic because we are living in a world where truth is subjective. Um, so we are sort of living in a multiverse of, of politicians making. So it's kind of. <laughs> sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. It's like. It's a movie that's all about like um, not getting distracted by the potential of other lives that you could be living. Right. Not getting Even, distracted by all the things you could have missed out on that you didn't do. Um, I think it's a good, it, you know, it, it felt, uh, it, it hit home for me. Yeah. It's also uh, tangentially a movie about having ADHD which I thought was pretty oh, cool. Yeah. Um, one of the Daniels, I can't remember which one actually found out he had ADHD while making this movie um, and yeah. sort of worked it into it. The main character does seem like a classic ADHD person uh, having like dozens of incomplete, incomplete projects, different things yeah, that she's trying to do all the time, unorganized. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I really felt that personally as well. Um, yes. It was, it was a very, very touching movie. Yeah, lots of googly eyes, lots of fun uh, <laughs> visuals, um, some hot dogs, weird hot dogs. The um, hot dog, the hot dog fingers. Uh, yeah, gonna be thinking about those for a while. I just didn't uh, like like when things got weird and there was mustard. Like I don't really, I didn't, appreciate <laughs> that. I didn't appreciate the word mustard. Um, but otherwise, I did think that was quite funny. Um, but the mustard was upsetting to me. I found, I found that <laughs> we don't, we don't need the mustard. We don't need the mustard. And I like mustard. I'm a I'm an ardent mustard supporter. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
It was a bit um, unsettling to see all the mustard and the floppy hot dog fingers. Um, <laughs> but it was very important and everybody should go see the hot dog fingers. Yeah. Yes, it was great. It had Jamie Lee Curtis as well. Longtime favorite yes. of the pod. Um, <laughs> and she, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, she shows up a lot um, yeah. in our lives. <laughs> in a relatively smaller role, she uh, she's shown every time she's on the screen. So that was great. I thought she wait jamie lee curtis i thought she was in quite a bit of the movie. she was but like i mean in a, in a movie that's like focused mainly on like three characters she is like the fourth biggest character yeah yeah i mean she obviously isn't part of like the main trio you know michelle yo stephanie sue and kei kwan are obviously the main the main cast but yeah. she's like right below them um, mm-hmm. um so i thought that was you know she was she was good though but uh the, the main cast is all excellent all three of the leads um are really really good i really like them obviously michelle yo is the um the main star and she is excellent but i thought uh stephanie sue as her daughter and kiai kwan as her husband also were quite good oh yeah absolutely they like that that was a solid like main core cast there um weird little detail that i noticed that really is not a major part of the movie but i felt the need to call this out uh during the scene where um they're showing one of michelle yo's uh alternate lives um where she becomes like a uh superstar martial artist and stars in movies and stuff um some of the clips they use there uh are from like her on the on the red carpet for uh oh, crazy yeah. rich asians yes <laughs> you can actually see in the back it's like it's like actually the actress in real life so yeah, that, yeah. that was kind of funny. Uh, just pulling from her real life there. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. I I really I really enjoyed her in this movie. Um, I thought she was excellent. I mean, I guess she kind of always is, but you know. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, it was good that she was like really leading this movie. You know, that doesn't. It's not always the case in the big American productions. That. Um, oh yeah. And we got to see a lot of range from her too, you know, like dramatic and like the action stuff and everything. That that was really cool. And of course she is so well known for action roles, which some people, I don't, I don't think everybody always knows that about her, but that is like what, you know, that's what she's known for. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But, but like at her age, like getting a little older, you don't, she would not normally be getting roles like that anymore, but it's cool to see her do something like this again. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. So I really, Really, really enjoyed her. I enjoyed enjoyed the ball. Um, so yeah, great movie. Very, very good. It really did. Um, you know, I was worried. It got so hyped. It just got so hyped. I was like, I'm gonna like be upset and sit down, <laughs> but I was not. Um, fortunately, it's so hard when a movie gets as hyped as this movie has gotten hyped. Yeah, I I sort of saw the hype like building up online and then like the inevitable backlash coming in. I was just like, I'm just going to go see this movie now before I absorb any more of this crap. Oh, I, haven't seen, I luckily haven't really seen the backlash, which is I'm glad because I just feel like that's like silly. Like, the backlash really is so unfounded for this movie. It's, it's ridiculous. Like it's, it's basically all about just like how popular it's become. And it's like, well, it's not that good. Like, okay, but it's fun and it's nice. And it's something that's not, just marvel again so right it's nice that it's a big action sci-fi movie that's doing well and is you know not marvel or dc even though it i don't know harry potter i don't know even though it was produced by the russos (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) 
We can't escape them anywhere. No. But, you know, there's nothing wrong. I mean, you know, it's not like they do all bad, but, you know, it's um, yeah. it's still important that it's, uh, you know, something other than fucking uh, Doctor Strange or the Multiverse of Madness or whatever. I mean, I'm looking yeah. forward to that, but you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I'm actually excited about it because I've been seeing all the, like, sort of half negative reviews from Marvel people. Like, it's not doesn't have enough cameos and stuff like that. I'm like, great. This sounds awesome. <laughs> It doesn't fit the tone of the rest of the Marvel universe. I'm like, okay, that sounds good. Like, keep keep it going, keep it going. You're getting me excited. <laughs> it's, 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 I my understanding is that Sam Raimi's direction actually gets to shine, um, which means I'm it, hoping. of course, does not fit the tone of the other Marvel movies because <laughs> all the other Marvel movies like sandboarded all of their directors. Like, so you never yeah. you couldn't really feel their edges. But if you can actually feel Sam Raimi's like direction, that's a good thing. Um, we'll see. So. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping it's at least somewhat fun and like a little bit outside the box. Um and I mean I I like the first um uh Doctor Strange movie too. No. I thought that was a little bit unusual for them as well. Right. So, I mean, you got to take you got to take the fun stuff when you can. It's not like we're being forced <laughs> to watch these movies, but <laughs> they're kind of hard to they're hard to escape. Um, speaking of, when we talk about Morbius, I saw that Morbius. recently. I don't know. Morbius. Yeah, that's what I think that's what I was going for. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Morbius. Morbius is a film that happened. Can we <laughs> note that? I just want to note that it's a film that happened. Um, yes. It occurred. Yes, it is. It, it did is happen. Real. Um, I was like. one reviewer on Letterboxd who I'm sure is very upset that Jared Leto never dies or is otherwise shamed. <laughs> Um, but you know um it is a film i'll give it that i'll give it that yeah it it was it was screened in motion theaters um i i I went to see it in a theater i i like i made it a whole experience i wore my movie pass hat i was like we're doing this we're going to see morbius i showed up there was nobody there (laughs) the theater all to myself i didn't like wow I it's been a while like even even though I usually go to later screenings so they're usually a little more empty um it's been a while since I've had the theater all to myself uh <laughs> this was pretty funny uh so I was just like all right yeah I'm just gonna chill here and watch some Morbius it was uh I don't know it, it you know what it felt like it felt like this should have been like a B movie in like the seventies, <laughs> but it was just yeah. like with, with better graphics and stuff. It was like, it really, like, it really should have been like a, I would say like an eighties movie with practical effects is what this movie. Should yeah. Have been. I feel like if they, if they leaned into it being like super campy and like schlocky, it would have been a little better. Cause like it had that potential. I felt it like going in those directions at times, especially like all the stuff that took place on the like oil tanker or whatever the ship in the middle of the ocean oh yeah yeah that was like very schlocky uh but it just it it, it took itself a little too seriously to be that kind of movie but yeah, uh it took itself quite seriously and you know the problem it's that jared leto was a star jared <laughs> leto takes himself so seriously all the time He's like incapable of not taking himself seriously. Yeah. Also the fact that it was the director of that movie life, which was just like alien, but not, um, 
So, you know, that guy, he, you know, he as a director might take his ideas too seriously because he thought he did something new when he just remade Alien. Um, but there was a lot of like fun moments in it. Like I thought Matt Smith, Matt Smith yeah. was like really was, was hamming it up at times. Matt was Smith really was great. He was yeah. like, <laughs> he was way too good for this movie. Yeah. Uh, his character was, was perfect. Like as soon as he turned, like you knew like from the very beginning, like, Oh, he's going to turn evil. And once he did, it was like, Oh yeah. Like <laughs> he was just <laughs> the most over the top villain. Um, he was he he knew what kind of movie this was supposed to be. So right, that was he good. understood, he got it. But like Jared Leto was like, as always, Jared Leto was in a different movie. Like I don't understand who keeps casting him and doesn't tell him this is the movie you're in. <laughs> like House of Gucci was in a different fucking. Like he's in always in a fucking different movie. So they yeah. just sit him down and tell the so, thing about Suicide Squad when his Joker was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like I don't understand. It's Think so about his weird. Blade Runner <laughs> role. What oh, the God. fuck? <laughs> it's so weird that like he he actually like if he brought the same energy he did in House of Gucci to this movie, it would have been so much more fitting. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like uh, <laughs> he needed he needed to tone down his House of Gucci vibe and bring that energy. He needed like swap the energies. Like his House of Gucci needed a more sedate like sedated energy like he was going for in Morbius and in Morbius, he needed his balls to the wall house of Gucci energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like I, he doesn't, I don't understand. He can't match the tone and no, and apparently nobody can direct him because he like, they can't control him. And I do believe that Jared Leto does not listen to people. I oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. When you hear everything uh, about like his onset process and everything, this is somebody who has like an idea going in of who he's going to be and how he's going to get there. He's a fucking, and he's, he's got to be like method about fucking everything. He's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> it's so Calm funny down. that they said that like he, he, <laughs> the entire time he was on set, he was like in the, the Walker, like Michael Morbius. And like every time he had to go to the bathroom, he had to like shuffle off to the bathroom. <laughs> Okay, I really love that report after having seen the movie. I mean, like, you're using your walker for, like, 15 minutes total. Yeah, it's only the like, very beginning of the movie. And then it's done because you get your powers and it's gone. Um, like, very, very bizarre that he subjected the entire crew to that all the it, time. You know, but at it's least... believable. It's, you know, because it's Jared Leto. At least he did that and didn't, like, try to suck in his buddy's blood or something. Like, because... He could have done that. Yeah, honestly, shocking. Shocking <laughs> that he didn't say, I must start consuming blood while while making this movie. Um, I would never be surprised to learn that Jared Leto did something like that. Um, he is... He's a... He's a... A, a, a person, certainly. He's surely. an interesting character. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> so, yeah. That, that was a movie that we saw that happened... Uh, what else? What else have we seen recently? Oh, I saw I saw The Northman last night. Yes. Um, so we've both seen that now. That was really cool, really interesting. Yeah, um, it felt very different from the other Robert Eggers movies that he's made so far. Um, Did you think so? But I, f- I, I thought, thought I like, got some of the vibes, and it had some of his his now hallmarks. There was a weird thing with birds in it. Mm-hmm. There was there was um. There was a just like weird men being weird. He has a weird thing about men and ma- male bonding. I don't understand. Yeah. Um, 
Um, That's true. Uh, uh, farting. Don't know what yes, the thing there that was. Yes, there was the farting. I yep, was like, he's, oh, he's got a thing for that. That's Don't true. get okay. it. Um, I'm not saying it fe- felt like it wasn't Eggers because, like, it did feel like when I was watching this, I'm like, okay, it, this could basically only be Robert Eggers making this movie. But it did seem like a new sort of tangent for him to take, um, going much more. Um, well, like keeping it sort of supernatural, but doing a lot more in the physical world as well. Like coming off of something like The Lighthouse, where like 90% of it is like surreal weirdness that you're never sure what's real and like what's hallucination. This is like right. maybe 30% that. But it works really well. Um, and I thought it, it was really cool, really intense. Um, did a good job of being both like that sort of philosophical, psychological, surreal thing, but also like a traditional revenge type movie at the same time. Um, it's, it's, it's Amleth. It's just yeah. Amleth. It's the Amleth legend. It's Hamlet essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is the legend that Hamlet is based on, so, mm-hmm. um, which is a sort of revenge story. Um, revenge gone awry. I will say um, he doesn't, yeah. you know, his quest for revenge is not, um, I mean, he gets it, I guess, but yeah. he gets it, you know? Well, that's what this is all about. It's about like how the self-destructive nature of being revenge. Revenge single-mindedly is... towards revenge. He's all about it. He's so into it. Um, too bad for him because he's got Anya Taylor-Joy trying to, to tear him away from revenge. Uh, I know, I don't right? know <laughs> how you don't listen to her. I, I feel like I would listen. Um, <laughs> but... You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, Anya Taylor Joy told me to just like stay on the ship and not jump off and go kill somebody. Who am I? You would not have to tell me twice. Anya Taylor Joy. (laughs) I don't understand. Um, My favorite part of this movie was the one scene, and I don't want to give it all away, but when Nicole Kidman goes like balls to the wall wild, she has a very like intense scene, like towards the end of this movie um, that like. I was like, man, she hasn't really been in much of this movie. And then suddenly she had that scene. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck. Like- <laughs> Her energy is great in this. Like uh, he, like you said, yeah, she's she's not in a lot of this movie. But like every scene she's in, she's bringing some kind of like intense energy. Even when she first shows up at the very beginning where the the young version of our lead character bursts into the room while she's getting changed. And she gives like this very intense, like, how dare you? Like, you yes, must always yeah. knock before entering. <laughs> I was like, oh man, she's like really delivering here. Yes. Um, and she brings that in various forms throughout the movie. Um, it's really good. Like everybody is like super keyed up to 11 in this movie it, yeah. many times. But she is like very the, the, the melodrama most. is up there. There's a lot of like melodramatic um, acting and intensity that is just like, all right, we're doing it. Um, love it. Love it. That's the energy like a, a an over the top, larger than life type legend needs. Um, so it works. Um, but yeah, she's uh, she's quite good. Quite, quite good. Um, loved that. She was good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was just that was a really fun, intense movie. I feel like Eggers is just gonna keep knocking him out of the park. He's, yeah, well he's got Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Um, <laughs> well, maybe there's maybe, some Maybe, I know there's some Morbius some might have sunk Nosferatu. 
Does that make any sense? The crowd who wants to see Nosferatu versus the crowd. I'm sorry. They are not the same audience. We don't, we don't even know if this is real, but like there was like after, right after Morbius flopped, like both like the, the Mina Harker movie was canceled. And then like Eggers gave a review where he was like, I don't know if Nosferatu is happening now. So people are speculating that like that Morbius led Hollywood to go, oh, people don't want vampire movies these days. Which is an insane thing to take from that. That's just like, Morbius is not even a vampire movie. It is like like the fakest vampire movie imaginable. <laughs> so I don't really like, it, it has none of the trappings of an actual vampire movie and just has like a typical like anti-hero superhero movie like that yeah. i mean it, that's that's all it is it's very strange that people are taking away from morbius not succeeding um a movie that looked bad from the first trailer and then we were all subjected to the trailers over and over and over and over and over again while the dates keep getting pushed out <laughs> people think that because years, the, and it stars jared leto who i gotta say it's not like after his late like after all the stuff we know about him he's not exactly a leading man box office draw um i don't i mean i just don't know like what why you would take away from that people don't want vampires as opposed to like this movie just was not it um yeah (laughs) also like i don't know the movie was delayed like three years i think that there was no way it was ever going to be a success but i don't I don't know. That's only people speculating. I can't tell whether that's real or not, but it's hilarious if that's real. Uh, well, I but hope yes. they do it just because I want to see an Eggers Nosferatu. I, absolutely, I really like absolutely. That. But I'm, you know, I'm going to see whatever he puts out next. He gave an interview where he said like he's not going to make a modern movie ever. <laughs> he's just going to keep doing period pieces, which sounds perfect. Like he keeps finding like the darkest, creepiest parts of history to explore. Um, he just does very strange things, so he should keep doing it. Um, yeah. Isn't he doing a Rasputin miniseries? Like, he's a fucking weirdo. Ooh, that fucking... would be great. No, yeah. I've read that. Isn't he doing all that? Right. A re- I, I have not heard of that, yet, but I'm all on board for it. That sounds perfect. Um, um, Hold on. I'm going to confirm. <laughs> Eggers is currently developing a miniseries based on the life of Rasputin. Oh, yeah. That's on his, on his yeah. wiki. So That sounds um, fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know he should do that. I would like to see that. Although he'd make it so weird. I mean, not that <laughs> Rasputin isn't weird, but he'd make it so much weirder. Um. Anyway, yeah, the Northman was quite good. Go see the Northman. Um, support Robert Eggers. Um, in his endeavor to keep being very strange. Um, yeah, this one is kind of underperforming at the box office, so we could definitely use some more. Right Use it to pump up. Well, uh, everything everywhere did really well, actually, and is still mm. continuing to do well. I think last week it actually dropped like zero percent, and maybe even improved. Well, I'm not sure where the final numbers landed for everything everywhere all at once. It's very, yeah. very good, and it is. Um, I think it is. It has more broad appeal than the Northman i think not everybody yeah. wants to see the northman right not everybody wants like two and a half hours of violent viking murder actually um, you think like people might want that like the trailers didn't make it look as 
the movie is actually stranger than the trailers made it look. Yeah. Like I knew it was going to be weird because of who directed it. But I think you could see the trailer and it just looks like a typical, like sort of like epic, you know, Viking yeah. action movie, which you would think might appeal to more people. Um, um, yeah, the movie was definitely way more violent than I anticipated and included violent. some pretty upsetting scenes. Um, which you... animal stuff, which is like uh, unfortunate. Like, <laughs> yeah, some, some poor dogs. Okay, you know what was very funny in this movie? Kate Dickey was in this movie, but she was always out of fucking focus. The camera never focused on her face. She was always slightly blurry. It was like <laughs> making me feel like I was going crazy. I was like, does Robert Eggers not want me to see Kate Dickey right now? <laughs> Um, like, and which is like a very strange thing. Um, cause Kate Dickey is, you know, she was also one of the stars of the witch. Um, she got her boob eaten by a bird in that one scene <laughs> in the witch. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, um, she's, a, you know, she's becoming one of his recurring, uh, 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 stars or, or at least features. Um, but it was very funny that every scene she was in, she was like slightly background. I was like, why is that? I mean, her character wasn't that important, but yeah. like, she did she did speak actual lines. So I was like, like never once do we get you in focus. I felt like it was like this is like intentional. Like for some reason, you don't want us to see her face, Robert Eggers. Yeah, I'm very that, that confused was, by this. like that was funny. I only picked up a, like about you know towards the end that she was in in this. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, it's her again. <laughs> I was like, <"Wait." laughs> she's not playing like a very prominent character. It's interesting. Um, I can spot her at like from a million miles away after Game of Thrones. Like, yeah, her yeah, lice that was hair her. in, like completely. Like, I like will see her. It could like I could be looking at a crowd of a million people, and my eye would immediately go to her. Like, it's that lady, that that one, the crazy, <laughs> um, poor Kate Dickey. I'm sure she's perfectly lovely, but she will always be Lysa Aaron in my book, who is the most lunatic character. Um, we talk about how um, Bjork is in this movie. Yes. Wow. Love that. Uh, what a perfect casting choice. Um, yeah. Bjork, I, you know, Bjork was like, hell yeah. Like I'll do that shit. Let's I go. loved like all of the, the witchcraft in this movie. Like everybody who's doing a witch was doing like so much. Um, just fantastic performances. Uh the mountain is in this from also from game of thrones yeah well you know um isn't he because he is some sort of european right so he might be from where this movie is like set yes he, he's <laughs> i think he's icelandic yeah that's um yeah so, um obviously bjork um <laughs> is uh is indeed icelandic so it makes sense um i like that i like that the movie you know, it's not a ton of actually Icelandic people, but there are a few just like in, um, in, in small roles. Um, mm -hmm. but like the, you know, Amleth is just Swedish. <laughs> yep. Um, just our Swedish Alexander Skarsgård. Um, yes. Um, the mountain is indeed Icelandic. Um, I'm glad we got Willem Dafoe back in this. Uh, yes. And in a little weird role, but Willem Dafoe yeah. is always weird. Um, yeah. I really, I want that Willem Dafoe dried out skull prop. Yeah, that should I be, need, I need that. I need that. Um, I want it as like a Spirit Halloween mug, needs to like Oh, a, ooh, a tiki like mug. A tiki mug of it. Um, <laughs> um, 
So that would be very good. Even though this is like the furthest thing from Tiki vibes, this movie is like. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think actually if, if we introduce film. these people to Tiki drinks, they might chill out a little bit. So, um, <laughs> um, Cause they're all a bit much. They're know, all um, just a, a little over the top. Everybody um, in this movie is like doing psychedelics and stuff. They think they're dogs. What was it? They all thought they were dogs. All the men were like, I'm a dog. And I was like, what? Like, are y'all okay? What about They're when furries. he has to go into the, in, they are furries. They had to go um, into their fursonas to yeah. attack the village. Um, um, Alexander uh, Skarsgård has to go get the, the mythical sword or whatever. And it briefly becomes a Skyrim game. He's like literally <laughs> fighting a Draugr. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> is going on here <laughs> it did it did feel like a like a video game like mini mission yeah especially the part where he like he like kills the the lich or whatever like yeah. whatever that thing is and then like it zooms out and like he's just taking the sword from the thing i'm like that's yeah. a very like end of mission moment there yes um very interesting very interesting i really enjoyed that um that nice um very fabricated action scene like that 100 didn't really have to happen but i liked <laughs> that it did um so that was good um yeah in general in general i really like this movie though so i mean there was a there was a lot of good a lot of a lot of stuff oh a lot of stuff i liked i also liked when it was briefly um um Star Wars Episode Three at the end, when they were fighting in a volcano. <laughs> yes, and, uh, okay, yes, it was exactly that. I was definitely thinking that at the time. I was like, "No!" Like literally having a sword fight in a volcano. You are my like, brother. Oh. Um, uh, I have the upper. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like, "This is very strange." Um, I liked it though. Yeah, I liked it. That was good. Um. Let me see. I think that's all I've seen that is in theaters recently. I you did. Saw ambulance. Yeah, ambulance you saw ambulance. I did not. Um, I need to see that like once it comes to streaming. It felt very a uh, throwback. It, I mean, I know that like we say that about a lot of things, but it felt very much like the sort of like you know it's a one off like action thriller type movie like the sort of thing that you might have seen in the 90s that would have been a film now everything is like part of a franchise but um and everything has to be an event but this movie it just felt like a little little action movie i was like oh, great that's yeah. what i want um, sounds um good. i like that it's the sort of thing that you might watch on tv like you know back when you were young it, you would catch it on like fx or whatever um <laughs> hell um, yeah the days you know. of the the fx marathons yeah um so I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, go see Ambulance. I think it's also underperforming, but it's good. Um, um, we're it's it's so strange for a Michael Bay movie. It's not as big, you know. It was just like not as big. I was like, thank you, thank you for this. Um, you're capable. You're competent when you want to be. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. Um. I, uh, so this is not, these are not new movies, but I did make it to the Alamo draft house recently. Um, I, so they were doing a surprise double feature Nicolas Cage screening where they, uh, they just, they show you two Nicolas Cage movies without telling you what they are ahead of time. Um, so I was excited for that. This was a part of like hyping up the new, uh, Nicolas Cage movie that's come out. Um, 
what what what's that movie called? <laughs> so it's like the, oh, uh, the, the unbearable weight of, weight of massive unbearable talent. weight of massive talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, which I still haven't seen yet. I'm hoping to see that this week. Um, but this was like you know just showing you all that Nicolas Cage is capable of. And the films were uh, Red Rock West, which I had never seen before or even heard of before. But it's a it's a nice little thriller with Nicolas Cage and Dennis Hopper uh, from 1993. Really good, really solid, just like uh, feels like a, you know, a classic Hollywood screenwriting, just, you know, really tight, really nice. And like all, all the, uh, all the plot points hitting you at just the right time. Uh, and lots of great acting in that from cage, much more of a subdued performance. So, and then he used this, to do that. Um, yeah, he actually well, used to do. He does. He does that he, from time to time. He, he he knows he knows the mood of the film he's in. You know, he understands the assignment. Um, he's mostly over. The, he's mostly going all in these days. Though. Well, he he's gets cast more anything. more yes. for those kind of movies because people know he's capable of that, and that's his reputation these days. Um, but it's worth noting that you know he's a, he's a really solid dramatic actor as well. He doesn't. He just is. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah. Um. But then, uh, as the counterpoint to that, the second one was uh, Face Off. Ah, <laughs> yes. Which um, I don't think I've ever seen on the big screen. Me neither. So yeah. good. So much fun. Um, just like the perfect action movie. Amazing performances from Cage and Travolta. And just like those action scenes are so crazy over the top. You, you like never see scenes like that anymore because it would all be done with cgi nowadays um but it looks right. so yeah. solid yeah. um i feel like you know like like michael bay is probably the only person who makes a movie like that nowadays and can get away with it yeah um but yeah face off so much fun always a classic i love that i'd love to see that on the big screen uh the nighthawk here recently did a like they do like these movie fees sometimes where they create a whole menu just around the movie. They did a face off one. Um, That's um, cool. Th- like the whole thing, the, like, you know, there are various options on the menu. It's like, you know, entrees, drinks, desserts, sides. It's all face off. Yeah. I yeah. don't know how, I don't know what I've never been to one of them. Cause it's always like kind of, cause you like, you get your ticket and it's like the, the meal is included in what you pay for. So oh, like, okay. You know, you, it's, it's not like a cheap, outing but it's, it always looks fun and i always think i'll go someday um yeah alamo used to do events like that i haven't seen one like that on the schedule in a while but those are always fun to have the full themed menu um yeah but seeing face off is really cool and it was really neat to see it in this environment when we didn't know what the movie was going to be like. They didn't even tell us when we were there. You just had to figure it out as they were starting it. So like for the second one, we're like, they told us it was going to be one of the more over the top ones. So we're all like hoping that it's like vampires kiss or face off basically. <laughs> and yes. they start the oh credits. God, vampires kiss. Yeah. That's a fun uh, and they start the credits. And as soon as it gets to John Woo, we're like, yeah, like everybody <laughs> cheered. <laughs> It's like that, uh, the meme of all the people in the very crowded bar looking at the big TV screen. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Just like, yes. It was very fun. Uh, Nice, nice movie theater experience. The sort of thing you can only, can only get at at an actual movie theater. And especially at like a weird screening like this. Yes, you're not going to get that at like, um, 
your AMC screening of uh, whatever Morbius. action movie of the week. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely not Morbius. <laughs> You're not gonna get anyone at Morbius. You're not gonna get nothing. Um, You're gonna be in an empty theater texting during Morbius. Okay, well I wasn't that. <laughs> I am jealous that you had an empty theater. I always want one just so I can like text people during movies, especially when I'm watching <laughs> bad movies. But like. Never seems to happen to me. Well, you're in New York. Uh, I, feel I also like, go at like four in the afternoon usually. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. I feel like if you go, if you're in a reasonably crowded area and you go in the afternoon, there's always going to be someone there. I'm trying um, to remember. There was one time I've had, I've very occasionally had empty theaters when I go at those times, but it's usually I'm seeing a movie that's been out for like a month and, you know. Something like that is going yeah. on. But. I mean, I, I'm pretty impressed. I, even even though I usually go to the late screenings, um, there's still usually at least a couple people when I go to the movies. It, right. it really has been a while, like since like early in the movie theaters reopening time, since I had an empty theater completely. Right. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, I think that's about it. Oh, oh, why don't you talk a little bit about We're All Going to the World's Fair? Uh, not too much, because I still have to see that. But I, I, I want to set that up and like tell people to go see that, because I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I think everybody should go see it. First of all, I quite liked it. Um, it was good. I saw it um, at the Syndicated here in Brooklyn, which I think is the only place here that's showing it right now. I don't know um, if there is. Uh, I think it's got a pretty limited release. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, I don't think it's showing at any it's definitely not showing at any of the like the mainstream movie theaters here, like the, the chains that I'm aware yeah. of. Um so yeah, but it was good. It you know, I think the um it definitely does have horror in it. It is sort of a horror movie. I think the trailers maybe oversold the horror element a bit. Interesting. You know, it's it's definitely like a thriller. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe that was just me just because I'm used to a certain, you know, a certain type of horror. Um, I, I watch a lot of maybe I just watch too much horror. And so, you know, I'm sort of like, um, yeah, but, um, but it's good. I don't want to. Um, there's a lot I don't want to give give away. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it seems um, like the kind of movie where most of it is better left to watch. You should it experience in real time. it. Yeah. Um, because it is weird and it is very unsettling. I think that's what it is. It's it's an unsettling movie, um, mm-hmm. and it is it is creepy. It's very very creepy. Um, but it's you know you're not gonna get like jump scares and things like that really. Um, it's just gonna. It's be- about like online communities and like it's kind of it's got like a creepy pasta vibe to it. It does. It is very so. It is very that because it is about like. Um, she's doing like a an, a an internet challenge type thing. She's like, I'm doing the world's fair challenge. Yeah. Um, and she, um, and like, it's allegedly some challenge where you say, I want to go to the world's fair a bunch of times on camera. And they're like, um, and then she's like, I'll let you know if, if I notice any changes, like if I, if things start getting weird. And of course she does start behaving very weird. Um, and like, you see like clips of other people who have done the challenge who are, who are getting weird and things are getting weird for all of them. Um, she's sleepwalking, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, um, it is really, really, um, strange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she meets like somebody, you know, there's, there's another person, 
uh, like a another I, I don't I guess like user I don't know like so just some other vlogger on the internet because she's like a <laughs> vlogger which is what a, ha- a lot of this movie is told through she's like vlogging mm-hmm. um so yeah um she, there's somebody else who's like yeah you're in trouble but I'm gonna ha- I gotta help you or whatever um so it's just very it's very weird things get very weird um uh yeah but um it was good it was definitely good it's it's very um you know it's like a coming of age movie too you know she's like a young she's like a teenager right um she's living with her her dad who's like you know oh you know a widow um widow widower what what is it when you're a man widower (laughs) okay um um so um widowist a widow (laughs) i am the widowist in this room no i'm not um um so um yeah so um but it's good it was really good um i saw it at the syndicated the crowd seemed to like it. It was sold out. Um, this was like on a Sunday evening. Um, oh, so wow. Good. I, I don't want to give out. Uh, well, it was like a, a 6 p.m. It was like the, the, the rush. It was like the, the time to see a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the 6 p.m. slot is like the big one. Um, um, so, yeah, it's it's allegedly playing in some very limited theaters now. But I think it's going to have an HBO Max release at some point is what my understanding of the plan for this movie is. Um, ooh. But it is. Ooh, Hoping for that. Buzzer. It was my buzzer. Um, uh, Are you getting a, a telephone call from the '80s over there? No, that's um, that's like my buzzer when somebody's downstairs. Um, uh. Uh, but I'm not expecting anyone, so like I'm not gonna answer that. I like will not answer my buzzer if I'm not expecting someone because, <laughs> um, first of Probably all, a good I'm, idea. I'm afraid. Um, I don't <laughs> know who they are. Um, second of all, it could be like somebody telling me to like vote or something which is like my worst maybe, maybe it's it's somebody inviting you to the world's fair it, and honestly because i'm talking about <laughs> world's fair right now i'm like i actually definitely can't do it now it's gonna be the weird guy the weird vlogger who contacts this poor teenage girl um, <laughs> i don't i don't want to see i don't want to see him right now um so yeah um uh go see it though when you can watch it when you can you should support support this movie um so yeah um please um because uh it's a queer queer movie producer and and director so um they are non-binary very cool to see uh you know a non-binary directed horror right now um yeah so support them um yeah small filmmakers marginalized filmmakers always interesting to see that definitely it is definitely, even though I said, you know, I think the trailer, I just think the trailer is oversold. It, to me, I thought it was going to be like paranormal activity level scary. Like I was going to leave and be like shaken. Um, yeah. I wasn't quite like that. I can see how some people might be though. Um, okay. I think the concept of teenagers doing challenges and getting real weird and dark. I'm like, well, that's just like, that was my, my teenage life too. So whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, um, you know, um, but I, th- I think it could be for some people. Um, but yeah, um, but it is still quite scary at times, or at least really, really unsettling and weird. And it makes you think. Um, so it's very good. I liked it. Right. Glad I saw it. Glad I'm glad that I caught that it was playing for the last time at this theater on the Friday so that I could make it to the Sunday screening. That is exactly what happened. I was like, yeah, I was like looking around. I was like, we've got two more screenings of this this weekend. And I was like, oh, fuck. Um, That's good. <laughs> yeah. This 
<laughs> it's all good to catch those short screenings because man, like movies are leaving the theater so fast these days. Especially um, a small movie like that. Yeah. Isn't, it's not even designed to make a lot of money, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, um, so yeah. Yeah. I always feel like if I catch a screening of a movie that's like barely in theaters, I feel like I'm like, you know, seeing like a, a band before it gets big or something. <laughs> the, uh, it's so rare now these days movie, the movies are leaving theaters faster than ever. And especially, yeah, with those limited releases. Yeah. Um, you yeah, really gotta... I, I sort of don't have as much of that problem, I think, as you might have. Um, I see, um, you know, I see, um, I feel like th- things do last longer here than they do there. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, all right. So why don't we shift gears here? Let's talk about the canyons. We've, uh, canyons. like we've, ding. <laughs> We've uh, we've covered all the recent fare. Now let's talk about a movie from 2013. Um, why don't that we? That was the year I graduated college. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Not not me. <laughs> this movie um, came out right after I graduated. It was that summer. When was the summer I graduated? Ah, uh, the summer of 2013, when the canyons were in theaters and everything was right with the world. Yeah, there's like I'm having like this like this like. You know, uh, like a, 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 in a movie when somebody's like, ah, the summer, it was the summer of, and like you see like the, the, the film reel roll backwards and like the color changes and everything. <laughs> That's what's happening in my head right now. Um, the, the summer of 2013 changes. was quite frankly one of the worst of my life. So very funny that I'm having a nostalgic moment for it. Mood, mood, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gotta love those years right after you graduate college. Well, Great I time. didn't until that August. I was working at Target on the overnight shifts, unloading the truck because I was an English major who couldn't find a job. That was not a fun summer for me. Um, yeah, no. I mean, in my many... meantime, I was watching Once Upon a Time on Netflix. Um, <laughs> oh no! Why would you do that to yourself? No, uh, I think I did watch all of Arrested Development that that summer too. Like everything that had been released so far. I don't think the four. The, I can't remember if the fourth season had come out yet. But anyway, um, neither here nor there. That was just a weird time. So the canyons came out at a, the canyons came out at a canyon in my life. <laughs> you might say. Um, I feel that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So what? Why don't we talk? Did you do a theme drink this week? <laughs> um, we, I am well. We okay, so I have just moved on to my theme drink. Technically, I did start with a painkiller. I needed um, Ooh, a tea. Um. But I'm now just drinking white wine. Very basic. But Lindsay Lohan drinks a fuck ton of wine in this movie. She's like in every yes. scene at home. She's just like opening a bottle of wine and pouring a glass. And it's usually white, if I remember correctly. So I that sounds white right. Wine. Um, I yes. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think back to like, what were they drinking in this movie? Because I know that there's a decent amount of drinking in this movie. White wine sounds perfect for it. <laughs> Perfect for you know LA vibes. You can eat, you can add a little uh, seltzer to it if you want to make it a throwback. Ooh, to the eighties. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. My my theme drink is is very low effort. I yeah, I went with the tequila sunrise again because I was thinking about the sun rising over a canyon. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I was really, it was very last minute that I was playing this. I was like, I was get, getting set up and I was like, shit, I have to make a drink. And then 
So I did that. You know, I've done the Tequila Sunrise on on the podcast before, so I'll take the hit on that. But the worst part of this, the part that makes it really low effort, is that as I was making this, as I got to the final step, I realized I didn't have grenadine. <laughs> and I have... <laughs> so I had like the old grenadine bottle that had seriously like five drops of grenadine in it. I poured that in. So it was like, it's not like a tequila sunrise. It's like a tequila like blood spurt or something <laughs> there's like so it's basically uh, tequila and orange juice yeah and at this point i've been drinking it for an hour so all of the grinding is, is far gone it's like a tequila screwdriver basically and mm, in that yummy. sense maybe it's more fitting because there's a lot of screwing in this movie there is so. a lot of screwing in this movie um <laughs> screwing um takes screwing is like the theme of the movie uh, you know, screwing as in sex, screwing one another over. Mm-hmm. Also, a mm-hmm. big theme here. Um, so yeah, there's a uh, just a lot of screwing. Um, presumably, Lindsay Lohan uses a corkscrew to open many of her bottles of wine. So yes, that is a lot of screwing. That is true. Um, um, I don't actually know. She might buy twist offs, but she has money, so I doubt it. Um, <laughs> she probably splurges for the nicer bottles. Um, yeah. Um, she just it's really like i distinctly remember watching and i was like girl you drink so much wine um she just drinks so much wine in this movie it was just like mood mood if i were in her situation i would too it seems like she's in a their situation is very not pleasant um so yeah um so we have drinks let's get into what the movie's about all right um so uh, wait actually let's start with the question that's been on my why is it called the canyon why was it called that you know what i have been trying to figure that out ever since i saw this movie and i i have absolutely no idea is it supposed to be like like it's um like it's like the hills but not you know what i mean that's i was thinking it might be something like that you know there are canyons around la this takes place like more around like the suburban type Mm -hmm. areas out there in la this might take place in Laurel Canyon for all I know. I don't know. I don't know the geography that well. Right. Um, but yeah, it could be that. It could be referring to the canyons between somebody's legs. I don't know. <laughs> the canyons between these these romantic partners who clearly don't understand one another. Yeah, um, the that's true. The chasms between them. Because um, they fucking... They, I've never seen like people so like out of touch with one another who are supposed to be in a relationship. It was just like, you are all completely detached from reality. Yeah. Um, uh, not that any of, I should uh, not that I should talk about this as though any of this is like particularly well-written, but like, if you like, even just like trying to extrapolate what the movie was trying to go for, these people are very out of touch with one another. Um, so um yeah so i don't know the canyons is just such an interesting title um i was thinking of it as like the inverse of the hills which i guess would have been recently a popular television show um, which was la set if i'm not mistaken Um, yeah um, yeah so um and it's it is sort of like i think so if i'm trying to be generous about this movie and like about the writing and the direction there's like the one thematic through line really is supposed to be like the decay of like the film industry um, mm-hmm. and yeah. like, you know, LA in general. So there is like a certain argument for saying like the canyons as like the hills have like, you know, degraded They're they're, you know, they're, you know, the inverse They're uh, They're not like the city on a hill anymore. They're like fucking in like 
um, I don't know, squalor of their own creation. Uh-huh. Um, of course, though, I gotta say, I mean, it makes sense. It's Paul Schrader, but like the very um, conservative bent this movie has and how it seems to think about sex <laughs> um, <laughs> and seems to use that as like the, the emblem of how degraded this like culture is, is a little bit weird given that it stars a porn star like yeah um, yeah but like there's like a clear thrust of this movie that is trying to say that like a big problem with these characters is their like sex with you know their casual sex the way they treat sex yeah um that is clearly what the movie is trying to say but you're doing that by starring a porn star um it in retrospect it is really fitting that it's James Dean specifically because his character becomes very violent and upsetting. Um, yeah. But that was not known at the time. I don't think that was an intentional casting. Unless Brett Easton Ellis and um, Paul Schrader knew that James Dean was a nightmare. Yeah. Don't put it past <laughs> Brett Easton Ellis. I will say that. He would heard the behind the scenes stuff. It was like, yeah. all right, let's cast this guy before it gets out. Right. Um, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just a, such a strange... There are just so many strange choices in this movie. Um, and it's very odd. It's very, very odd. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, I think I said to you while I was watching this um, is this This makes me think of, like, this is the movie that The Room wanted to be, basically. Like, it, it has the same sort of, like, over-the-top melodrama and like all the backstabbing and cheating on each other but it's a little better written better acted like the scenes make sense and everything it's not like an amazing movie but it does mostly what it sets out to do which is to give you like this crazy melodrama of these backstabbing characters yes i think you're right i think it is um one could say it's inspired by the room. Um, <laughs> why not? Why not give Tommy Wiseau some credit? Um, <clears throat> I think you're right about that. I think it is. It. I think it's actually, um, you know, deploying the themes and like thinking about the same things that the room was trying to think about, but the room did it um, in a much more laughable way. Um, <laughs> granted, this movie has a lot of things that made me laugh that the, the movie did not want me to laugh about. I will. <laughs> I've got to say. That too. Um, this movie did make me laugh quite a lot um, in places <laughs> I don't think the movie um, wanted um, wanted me to. Um, that's okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, um, there was part of this movie where like James Dean... And, and James Dean, you know, being... Being a porn star, not not the most uh, talented actor on this cast. Mostly pretty good. Like I, I, I give him credit. He has kind of like a, a crazy role in this film and mostly pulls it off. But there were definitely scenes where I was like... <laughs> Whenever he's, he's trying to be like really serious, it just like was not working. Yeah. Like he's a, he's a little was... bit wooden whenever he's trying. Like he can't fake real emotion. He can fake like crazy a little bit, obviously. Yeah. Act, but he can't, he can't really fake like actual genuine emotion. He he's pulls really off the crazy stuff the best. And then there were scenes where he was like 
giving me the vibes of that lemon stealing whore clip. Yes. <laughs> so lemon stealing whore. Um, oh my it's God. Like, so honey, lemon. hasn't it been about 30 seconds since we looked at our lemon tree? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to watch out for all those whores that love to steal lemons. Um, um, oh God. That's one of the best videos on the internet. Um, <laughs> love the lemon stealing horse hey um, what the uh, fuck <laughs> the, the lemon stealing horse putting lemons just like in the <laughs> unitard it's like what the <laughs> fuck are we doing here um, <laughs> um i would to their credit be pretty excited about a lemon tree in my yard that would be yeah pretty boss um i can't believe i just described that as boss as soon as the word was coming out of my mouth i regretted it <laughs> oh um, no <laughs> um but um it would be good yeah, it, it, you can make I, uh, all the uh all the cocktails with so the many cocktails. but i would also really need limes yeah um, because limes are really important to a lot of the drinks i make too you gotta have a lemon tree a lime tree and then like a, a mint bush well i could do that if i wanted to um yeah so oh my god those lemon stealing whores um <laughs> um james dean so i guess uh, in terms of like plot, what is this movie really about? James Dean and Lindsay Lohan are dating. Yes. They but are Christian is... and Tara respectively. Yes. Um, I'm probably going to call them by the actor names, but that's okay. Um, we inevitably will. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> Christian James Dean produces movies. Um, but specific, it's like horror movies. He does like, um, yeah. B horror movies, crappy horror movies. Um, he, he comes from a lot of money. So you sense that he's like, he's mostly producing movies just so he has something to tell mom and dad what he's doing. That Pulling he's not in a just little money. You know, he's around. Not, um, yeah. he, um, it's very clear that he comes from money because they have a really nice house. Um, yes. Big uh, house up in the hills where you can look down and everything. Right. That's possibly where the canyons comes from. You can see down into the the canyons below i don't know well oh they all there is also literally like a canyon like outside. yeah they're like a they're yeah. like their house is like on a hill or something mm-hmm. um i don't really remember what tara does Lindsay lohan is she i don't know is she like did she act is she an agent i'm not really sure um i think she was like she's somehow involved in the industry though yeah like, she was like between roles i she, think she was like definitely she between started out acting out she started out acting but then like she was getting more into like the producing side or something right um yeah um that tracks um but the thing is that christian and tara tara have a the relationship they have sex with others um and it's a whole thing it's like a whole thing because it seems to me the dynamic is pretty fucked up gotta say yeah it's like like he will christian will invite some other guy over and be like have sex with him to tara and she'll just have sex with him while he watches and like like, but she's not always in the loop that he's going to invite someone. Like there are moments yeah. where he's like, I've got someone coming over and she's like, really tonight? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, 
this is fucked up. Yeah. Um, He's just like inviting random people over and they show not up. not really how weird you do times. open relationships. Nah. Um, so it's not even real. I mean, I don't know if it's really even supposed. It doesn't. It seems to, my takeaway from the way the relationship was supposed to work was that it's cool if they have sex with other people together or like that they know about. But it's yeah. not really open. It's like they can have threesomes together, but they're or like, you know, they know about these things, but it's not like they're supposed to go home with somebody they randomly meet at a bar and not tell, you know, yeah. like it, um, um, of course because Christian the, is breaking this rule from the get go. Um, we learn pretty quickly. <laughs> He's sleeping with, um, with, uh, his, uh, some other girl. <laughs> She's like uh, someone from his, his past or something. I, yeah. I, I, um, it's been it's been two plus weeks since either of us has, have watched this movie, yeah. so we we forget some of the finer details. But trust me when I say that it doesn't really matter how no. these people are related or what no. they do. It's all it's all just about their interactions and about like the backstabbing and the lying and the cheating and stuff, right. which there is an abundance of. Um, the movie opens with this scene between Tara and Christian and the other main couple that we see during this Ryan and Gina, mm-hmm. um, and Ryan, Gina, Ryan is Nolan Funk, Nolan, Dry yeah, Funk. Nolan um, Funk from Glee. From there was like, between me watching this and like everything, everywhere all at once. And like some other thing that I can't remember now, I saw like three different movies with former glee cast members within a week i was like what is going on right now? well you know everybody's in in glee um um nolan funk was in truth or dare i just think we need to establish <laughs> um, truth another um, another canon film for buzz on movies he's also in the the jennifer lawrence classic house at the end of the street or as i call it hashtag hates um, oh god <laughs> um that was not a great film very um very bad um i think i think we we pointed out well this is this is getting a little off topic but uh since we mentioned truth or dare uh (laughs) we mentioned that uh that lucy hale to um to jeff wadlow is the equivalent of anya taylor joy to robert eggers it's true (laughs) she's jeff wadlow's muse what are you gonna do about it um (laughs) And who, amongst, and who are we <laughs> to criticize a man's muse? Um, That's true. We are ardent supporters of the of Jeff Wadlow primacy. So um, he's a he's a, an icon and he's a legend. Um, Absolutely, he is the moment. Some might say. I don't we, know which we respect moment, his casting decisions. One of them. Um, he works well with Lucy Hale, clearly. Yeah, and she liked working with him, apparently. Um, I hope she's in the the Magic Eight Ball horror movie, um, <laughs> a movie that I wait. that I am so ready for. Is that um, still happening? Are we still is like is that moving ahead? It's sure fucking better. Um, <laughs> we need to. I need to find out some information real quick to answer that question. God, the yeah, Jeff, yeah, Wad- yeah. Jeff Wadlow just looks like that. Um, oh my god, he's Katie Couric's nephew. Yeah, um, he is. He is. No, he's, I know. He's I always. Su- it's just I always forget, and then I remember it. I'm like, God, God bless America. He's like super tied into UVA. You know, yeah. Well, Kirk, this yeah. is why we like him. Um, I can't believe he did Cry Wolf too. I, I just like the things that he's done. 
the things that he's done. He's got really, a very interesting directing career. Yeah, it's just uh, it's an interesting, interesting thing. So I don't know, but let's uh, let's move on for now. But I, I really do hope <laughs> that it's, it's it's still going forward. The I, last you know. news is from 2019, but but we can just we hope that it's still on. But a lot of things probably I'm, I'm went um, quiet. Yeah. During um COVID. During COVID, yeah. Yeah, so it's still they'll possible. probably be be ramped back up at some point. We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean it it looks like, you know, the it still has a letterbox page. He's writing it. God bless America. Um, you know it's gonna be good when it's Jeff Wadlow directed and written. I'm very I'm very excited for that. Genuinely. <laughs> Genuinely. I mean, listen, we need to somebody just needs to let Jeff Wadlow like run free, you know, like he needs to be free to make he's an auteur and he needs to be allowed to just like create um the Jeff Wadlowverse. I'm so like what I can't wait for the inevitable like Lucy Hale is in one movie, it's all of her different movies characters. Um, you know, like it's like the multiverse <laughs> fractures in the like Jeff Wadlow's take on the multiverse. <laughs> Enter the Wadlowverse. It's, it's just um, it's just like Lucy Hale playing all of her her different roles. Um, can't wait. We need that's what we need. That's what this you <laughs> that is how we get people back to the cinema. <laughs> that's it. That's the <laughs> thing that will save the movies. I know that past Jeff Wadlow outings might lead one to different um conclusions i know his past box offices might tell a different story but i think the world is ready now um the world's ready bring it on they're they're prepared we've been building up to this now the I, well, world is it took, ready it took a pandemic to get us prepared for jeff wadlow um you know why not um you know Man, I need a Jeff Wadlow movie. All right, let's move on before I just think about Jeff Wadlow for the rest of the night. Before we end up watching Blumhouse Fantasy Island later. There's tonight. always the risk. Like the risk <laughs> of ending up watching Blumhouse Fantasy Island is never like it's a it's never a, a zero percent chance. It, I like, feel there's like always a non-zero chance. I feel like there's like a video game stat in like the the upper hand quarter of my heads up display that's like always displaying the risk of watching Blumhouse Fantasy Island. Is <laughs> like it occasionally reaches critical levels. And I'm like, oh, watch out! Dangerously close. Um, it could always happen. It could always happen. <laughs> you never know. All right, but getting back to the canyons. Um, so yeah, yeah, we mentioned that um, that this this other couple, uh, Ryan and Gina, are there in this opening scene. Um, Gina is um, wait what? Yeah, G- Gina is Gina's the is Christian's personal assistant. Yeah, um, and, and, and Ryan, Ryan is somebody who's going to act in one of his movies. Right. Yeah. Um, he's, he's gotten this role because he knows like cause he's dating Gina and like Gina knows Christian and he's like, ah, oh, I can get you the role, whatever. No big deal. And like they're, they're out at dinner and in the middle of this dinner, they just like start talking about how they like have sex with other people. And like, they're like, Oh yeah, we meet him on these apps. Like there's <laughs> he's like showing him on the phone. This is like very 2013. It's like, you know, they're, they're the apps yeah. you can find. Fine people. It's like nowadays you wouldn't have to explain this, but yeah. in 2013 you have to be like, oh yes, you can you can find people to have sex with. On I want to be phone. clear that you had to you had to explain that to like the straights. Um, some of us, 
some of us knew you could open them up and find people to have sex with pretty quickly. Um, That's true. The, the straights were, were were the late adopters here. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> some of us were already using the apps to find sex by 2013 with with great uh, success. Oh. 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 Aha. Aha. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. It's a very. Christian is very aggressive about this in this opening. He's like really like, like it's almost like like does you know does Tara want the, these two people to know that they have sex with others? Hard to say, but Christian's gonna make sure they know anyway. Um, and he's very loud about it, and he's like, yeah, and whatever. She's not gonna like fall for any of these other dudes. It's no big deal. And it's like the fact that you feel the need to clarify that you're not worried about that makes me think that you are worried yeah. about that. Should be worried about it, probably. Um, and uh, I guess he's kind of right to be worried about it because it turns out that Tara actually has a thing going on behind the scenes with Ryan. Yeah, but that's um, different. That's not somebody she fell for during one of their hookups. No, she no, 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 no. Date Ryan. Yeah, they knew each other from like way before. And she, um, the two of them dated and then she got sick of being like two like starving artists, struggling actor types. So she, she left Ryan and started dating rich dudes. Yeah. Um, um, who among us, I get it. But um, what's crazy is that she and Ryan are still like keeping up this, like, like they still have like some sort of relationship. It seems like if I were Ryan, like I would not be able to like be close with her anymore. Like you left me for people with money. That's fucked up. Yeah. So, like, um, you I, wouldn't feel great about that. Yeah. Um, like, that's not like we broke up because you just you said you weren't just you just weren't feeling it. You left me for for people with money because you were sick of the fact that I wasn't making enough money. That is like a fucked up reason to leave somebody, and they know it. I don't know how he wanted to be friends with her or close with her. I don't know how they still had feelings for one another. Very confusing, very confusing dynamic between the two of them, but they do still have a thing. They're very emotionally invested in one another. Um, but she's all like, you know, she's like, don't text me. Don't text me. Cause Christian might see my, see my texts. And I'm like, man, yeah. that's fucking weird. This is weird. But um, she's like, she's right to be concerned because Christian is like very like hyper paranoid and stalkery and jealous. And no, she, she was right. I just mean the fact that she's like, yes, I know he's like this. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? You should not be, you should get out of this situation. If that's (laughs) like what's going on, it's not good. Um, and Christian ends up like stalking them. Like they, they go to like meet up at a restaurant somewhere. And Christian is like, he likes is like sneaking up behind them like in spy mode he's like hiding behind columns this scene was really funny yeah that was very very funny (laughs) james dean in like incognito mode with the baseball cap and everything like pretty tall hiding he's like he was he was not doing a good job hiding like anyone would have known that they were getting followed by this guy um but he apparently managed to to stalk tara to this meetup and figure out what was going on. So then he starts like manipulating both of them behind the scenes. Uh, He gets one of the other producers on the movie to like 
say that like he's going to throw Ryan off the movie because they're looking for someone else unless he performs sexual favors for him. Yeah. And <laughs> he tells he tells the other producer that he's doing this just because like he wants to find out if he's gay or not. <laughs> I'm like, right. but like, why? Like, why? Why, why does it matter? Uh, know? But like, and the producer's like, oh, first of all, the producer's like, I guess I'll do that. Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> what? Um, and so he does, and I it's implied that Ryan and they do it, like yeah. the, the, the sexual favors are performed, um, just like an insane thing. Like, and Ryan just seems to be like, I guess, like chill about it in the aftermath. Yeah. Um, well, he he doesn't even act like it was unexpected. Like it seems like he's maybe done this before. That this is like just what he expects in Hollywood. Well, it's Hollywood, like, right? This is yeah. all about a degraded fall in Hollywood. So mm-hmm. performing sexual favors for movie roles seems pretty normal. Um, I think it's weird that like there's something squee uh, squeamy about the fact that it's like gay sexual favors going on there something upsetting is about is going on there especially knowing that it's brett easton ellis who is queer but also maybe hates queer people um because he's like kind of weird um yeah um, it's it is it is kind of funny it's like oh well he's degrading himself by doing gay acts like right just like a very strange strange thing because it's like you know it's about it's like implied that it's like oh it's worse that he's doing this because it's gay Presumably because you're supposed to think he's not gay, but maybe he just is into dudes too. It's not really clear. Um, yeah. Very. Um, it's not explored at all. Yeah. Basically. Um, but it, but it, it is like a somewhat recurring theme that there's like homophobic. Like we know that James Dean's character is homophobic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, and yet, there's a like, whole thing there's... In, a, in a scene with Gus Van Zandt of all people. Um um he, who is yeah his, gus van zandt playing his his uh psychio- psychologist yes um which is such a weird <laughs> like there, there's so many like big names involved in this movie that's the craziest part to me like you get gus van zandt to do an acting role in this yeah. weird a very movie. bit acting role it's gotta be like he was doing a favor for paul schrader and brett easton ellis i mean you know Come on. Yeah, <laughs> He's probably friends with both of them. Like, of course. Yeah. Um, this is a very like inside Hollywood kind of movie. Like yeah. this is, this is made by Hollywood filmmakers. But like about inside Hollywood. a very uh, specific corner of Hollywood. Like yeah. it's just like such a strange corner and like a, a corner of male Hollywood, a very strange corner of male Hollywood and specifically like, queer male mostly i mean paul schrader i guess but like brett easton ellis and gus van zandt you know like this movie was written by a queer man mm-hmm. so yeah. um <laughs> um it's such a strange thing and so um, and so little of it is about making movies it's just like tangentially related to the people who make movies right um that's very interesting uh there's like you were talking about the homophobia uh of christian there's that scene where one of the several scenes in this movie where like it shows him and Tara having like a hookup with some couple or person that's been invited into their home. They have that foursome with another couple on the uh, like, like they go up to the bed and she like convinces Christian to let the other guy go down on him. Yep. And that's like supposed to be like his like breaking point. <laughs> 
Something yeah, that's like the, after that is when he gets all murdery. <laughs> it was like a very strange thing. She's like, she's like making him like she makes him she makes these two men do stuff together, and then Christian goes to his therapist, and he's like, and she she wanted me to let him fuck me, but I didn't. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, calm down. Like it's like fine. Like it's not that serious. Like we all know you still like women. Like nobody's questioning that. Like, um. <laughs> Oh, but he's like very upset about this. Um, <laughs> and that is really when he like fully snaps. Um, yeah. Um, and Gus Van Zandt is just like, mm-hmm, yes. Um, I, like, what do you say to this man? This man is clearly deranged. And like, it's also revealed in that therapy session that like he's going to therapy as like a condition of not being cut off by his parents. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not because he like wants to or wants to, you know take care of his mental health it's because he has to yeah um, it's like literally like the the therapist is like questioning him like why do you come here it's like literally because if i did not like you would call my parents and they would cut me off like, that's right. it <sighs> so there's clearly been some like dark shit going on in his past that would lead his parents to do this set up this arrangement Yeah, he's just like some little trust fund baby. Mm-hmm. Little whiny trust fund baby who's had clearly had everything handed to him and is now upset that he can't troll like actual humans in his life. Um is what's going on. He like he wants to control even like the the people around him, but he can't do that. So he's like spiraling. Um because he's a control freak um who's used to getting his way and only what he wants and not having to consider that other people are people with desires and wishes and needs of their own. Um he sucks. And it's so <laughs> funny that they cast James Dean in this role after what we found out about James Dean. Yeah. It's just like it's so like wow. That was like really like the craziest um foreshadowing to reality. Like Yeah, um, he's oddly like very well suited to the like psychotic manipulator role in this movie, perhaps a little too much mm-hmm. um, given what we know now. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, like I've said, like his acting can be uneven in this, but it's, it's definitely a role that's well suited for him. Like he's very well cast. Um, there's that scene where um, Tara meets up with a friend for lunch and is like having a conversation they're just like chatting about things. Um, and she's talking about like how, oh, she wouldn't want to go away on a shoot or something to be away from Christian or like. And at the anyway, at the at the end of the uh, of the lunch, like it turns out like this whole thing has been set up by Christian because uh, the friend calls him and is like, oh, yeah, like she didn't say anything about another guy or like wanting to see another guy or anything like that. Like it turns out like he had like sent her out there to fish for information. It's like very manipulative and creepy. He's a fucking weirdo. Christian is a weirdo. He literally sends people to like spy on his girlfriend um, and to get, to get information. Um, I hate it. I hate Christian. Um, they're just, just like a whole relationship. Is like fucked up. Like it's built on like they're lying to one another. Christian is more in the wrong because he's like a lunatic. Yeah. But she's like, you know, she's also lying to him 
and not being honest. Um, and that's pretty fucked up too. To be fair, it's kind of hard to be honest with this man who's like obviously capable of violence at all times. Um, mm-hmm. And seems to be always like on the verge of like going like goblin mode. Um, <laughs> whatever the fuck that actually means. <laughs> um, um, yeah, like, you know, um, so it's just like kind of like a, a nightmare scenario because she, but she also doesn't want to leave him because of like money specifically. Um, she wants to like, she likes living this like rich life with her bottles of wine. Um, but the downside is she has to have sex with random men whenever she's not expecting it. Um, so, you know, what are you going to do, Lindsay? What are you going to do? She's going to try to link back up with Ryan behind his back. Mm-mm-mm. Um, they're just not very nobody's very good at it in this movie like everybody's sneaking around but they're all kind of they all kind of suck at it um nope like nobody knows how to lie to one another like everybody finds out immediately about like any sort of deception that goes on in this movie yeah it's just like all right um most like the worst kept secrets are all out here right now um i like when like Christian is like sleeping with that actress named Cynthia and like, um, you know, they're sleeping together and it's fine. But then Cynthia meets up with Tara and it's like, you know, you've got to, to break up with Christian because, um, like Christian like drugged me and then a group like assaulted me and he recorded. I'm like, wait, (laughs) what? (laughs) Like I still like, I have no idea whether that actually happened or not. I don't know. I like, (laughs) Because, like, it does not, like, like Christian and Cynthia are still sort of, like, a, a thi- like, I'm just very confused. Like, like, she goes and does this, but it seems like she and Christian were still, a, like, a, like how long ago did this allegedly happen? Like, you were still hooking up with Christian? Like, what, what exactly is, like, was this just, like, a ploy by Christian to see if, like, like, Tara would believe her? Like, I don't really, you know what I mean? Um, cause then Christian's yeah. like, Oh yeah, I dated her, but that didn't happen. And it's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's very weird that like, uh, Cynthia is like the person that Christian has on the side that he's right. not letting Tara know about, but then she's also the one who like just out of the blue contacts Tara and like, is like, Hey, you shouldn't cr- trust Christian. Right. So It's, it's very it's, weird. It's um, crazy. I mean, Cynthia, you know, Cynthia um, doesn't really, unfortunately, Cynthia gets a, a bad go of things in the end. But um, yeah, um, but yeah, it just seems like I have no idea what was going on with that that scene. But it like definitely was a scene that happened. There was a moment that occurred in this film and Tara's just like, mm, OK, thanks. And she, you know, she asked Christian about it, but he's like, uh, yeah, no, I didn't do that. Um, it's like, all right. I guess. Thanks, I guess. Um, but then I just distinctly remember like she asks, uh, asks him about it. And he's like, no, yeah, that assault didn't happen. And then like, like within the same scene, he's like, oh yeah, the guy I want you to have sex with is here. Um, what? <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's very that's much the how couple, this movie right? works. It's the couple who's like, getting there yeah. when they, when that happens. Um, uh, but that's why probably she's like, as revenge, she's like, let him go down on you. Now you go down on him. Make out what um that's yeah. your like revenge is making him have gay sex again with the weird implications about gay sex but in this case christian is actually like homophobic so you know um 
um maybe you know i guess that is sort of revenge um but it's still like a very strange thing that the movie is doing um especially in the context of the movie already seeming to think that sexuality is like a sign of degradation of this culture for some reason um no i'm very it's just so strange i feel like Brady sinellis is pretty pro sexuality <laughs> like everything i've known from his experience like the rules of attraction seem to be pretty pro uh having sex um <laughs> but um i guess you know american psycho might not have been <laughs> yeah there was a lot of degrading uh, sex scenes in that movie yeah. sure um so um yeah um but yeah i don't know these people are just like they're all fucked up they're also like insane and yeah. nobody knows uh, what they're doing there's not like i don't nobody's really a likable character in this movie or somebody that you want to root for. Um, maybe everybody's pretty bad. I mean, yeah, Gina's not awful. Like she doesn't really do anything. She's just kind of there. Um, Christian's obviously the worst, but Christian's a murderer. (laughs) And he's like a a straight up murderer. He like coerces people into having sex with people. They don't want to have sex with. Um, and he like ruins lives he sucks christian sucks christian is definitely the worst um cynthia might be the second worst depending on whether or not that story is true um <laughs> that one yeah. story if that so, story is fake to like try to trick tara she's like the second worst easily yeah but, um, yeah and so it's left ambiguous as to whether that story is true but we do know that as a result of her telling tara that story christian goes over to see her and murders her. Yes. Um, and like it, it's done pretty creepily too. Like yeah. he just like sort of shows up and they're like having a casual conversation and stuff. And he like goes off to the bathroom and he comes out. He's like he's like got a hoodie on and stuff. He's like got gl- wearing gloves and shit. He's like clearly ready to murder. He's ready to and do like, the murder. Murder to, boys to, here. to do murder without leaving evidence. Yeah. And like, she knows it right away. It's like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like it's really creepy. Um, and he, he kills her and he apparently like completely gets away with it. Even though you would think that he would be a prime suspect, but uh, like he, he forces terror to give him an alibi. Yeah. Is like he he basically like he he calls her and tells her like the only way I'll let you leave this relationship because I know you want to is if you uh, give me an alibi and if you ever like talk to Ryan, um, I'll murder him too. Right, and I'll I'll get away with it because you know I can and like I'm getting away with this right now. Right. So it's like it's like this is like the height of his evilness. He's like <laughs> he's being like super creepy right now. Um and yeah, he and leaves apparent- like a, he leaves like a crazy voicemail on Ryan's voicemail too. Yeah, that that was a really funny scene too. We have to talk about that. He's like he he leaves this crazy voicemail on Ryan's phone. Um and you'd think this would come up in evidence at some point, but apparently it didn't um well probably it, ryan but, didn't tell anyone yeah but maybe not um and they like the way this scene is shown is like really funny because it it shows uh like they're both driving in traffic and 
it shows uh, Christian leaving the message and Ryan listening to the message at it's the same like, time. It's like, like shot so fake it. artfully. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so trying to be high art, but it's this like, <laughs> it's like this voicemail of like James Dean accusing Ryan of like having had gay sex and maybe having liked it. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's just like using everything he can think of to like degrade this guy. Yeah. Being like you're some like shitty two bit actor who came from a small town. You were the prom king. You thought you were so hot coming here. But then I guess you just couldn't make it and you had to blah, blah, blah. He's just like going on and on. It's like, this is so ridiculous. It's absurd. He sounds like like a high schooler. He's just like being mean to some guy. <laughs> like it's so funny. It is such a funny voicemail. If I got that voicemail, I would laugh. I wouldn't even like take, especially as an adult. Like, I mean, yeah, if I were like 18, it might devastate me. But like, if I'm like in my 20s, I'm like, what the fuck? You're a weirdo. Like, leave me. Why are you so obsessed with me? Um, um, but, but like, that's the thing. James Dean is like insecure about this guy who like, clearly his girlfriend was more into than she was into himself, you know? Um, so, um, yeah, but it's a very funny scene. They're like driving through LA or something. Um so fucking funny. Um <laughs> so good. So good. That was definitely up there in the funnier scenes in the movie. Yeah. Intentionally. It was <laughs> But I got to give a shout out to the single funniest scene in the entire movie, and that is when Lindsay Lohan is using an app to text from her TV. <laughs> That is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I was like, why is there an app that lets you broadcast your text to the TV? That's gotta be. Because that's the sort of app that like, I don't know a single person who would ever ask for that. Literally nobody wants that. Especially if you're sending texts to your secret lover on the TV. Your secret lover and, and... Your partner is this James Dean character who is a fucking (laughs) lunatic who already stalks you and is jealous and is watching all of your texts and every move. Why would you make it easier for him to see these things? Uh, It feels like very 2013 because like I'm thinking I'm trying to think of like other things that came out around this time that like had texting in them and like they were still trying to figure it out. Like, how do you show texting in a movie? This is like, this is the worst choice. Yes. Well, <laughs> because it, like that's a really also the thing. One. It really was clearly a way to show the texts on screen. Like that's yeah, like the without, main like function. zooming in on a phone. But you just but like so show many the movies TV have gotten around that by doing like pop ups. You know, you see it in the corner, and that yeah. works usually pretty yeah. fine. Like, um, it can be a little cheesy, but like it works. And texting yeah. is like an important just part of reality now. Like movies have to show it. We all text. Um, I kind of like the new the new movement, which is just to show it in subtitles, which yeah. is kind of an interesting way of working. That in. can work, yeah. But or just show. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you can just show the phone screens, and you don't even always have to zoom in unless somebody's writing yeah. a fucking paragraph. Yeah, you um, can you can do that if you're if you're clever enough with the cross cutting. This is this is like a very like early texting in movies kind of thing. And this definitely goes up in there in like the pantheon of bad technology in films with like that music video where somebody's texting using Microsoft Excel. Oh yeah. The (laughs) Kelly Rowland. Um, yeah, yes. Never forget that is the, and then she gets mad because she doesn't get a response. So she throws her phone out the window. Um, it's It's like, like, 
All right. You should maybe you should use the texting app. Why instead. are you in Microsoft Excel? <laughs> I don't really understand how like scenes like that happened because it's like even if you've never texted, like you could just ask somebody. And even if you don't ask somebody, don't you know that that's Microsoft Excel? That's clearly not how you text. I feel like something like that happens because they were like they got on set and they realized like, oh, there's a texting scene here, and we didn't like draw something up it's but like, like just you just had she had a pull phone. Up something that pull up something that you can write in but I that was a know. phone it was like a sidekick like there so like there's clearly a messaging app on there very confusing i i really i would love to to have like a whole oral history of how that happened <laughs> <laughs> we can like track down the, the ever, director that i need to i need to make it big time and then insist on an interview with kelly Rowland specifically and be like <laughs> Come on, tell me the story of here. <laughs> how uh, how did it happen? How did the texting happen? How did the Microsoft Excel texting? Um, wasn't yeah. she texting like Nelly? It was like her and Nelly. Yes, yeah. Like, <laughs> my dilemma <laughs> song, yeah. Um, oh, that's so fucking funny. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a moment like that where yeah. it's like you you're like nobody uses technology like this. Um, nobody would ever, <laughs> especially in never, this scenario. There was never a time where anybody normal, like below the age of fifty, would have ever done that. Like there was definitely like an era where I could have seen like certain middle-aged parents be like, "Isn't this so cool? I can broadcast my texts on screen." But like she was like it's a like, okay mom, a young person. Like she wouldn't do that, especially while she's texting her illicit lover. I don't really understand. Yeah. Um, so weird but it's it was so fucking funny when it happened in the movie i was like wait why are you doing this you don't have to do that like nobody's forcing you to broadcast your texts Lindsay, Lindsay, tara tara please um tara's not i like when tara like at the end to get away from christian she goes and lives in dubai i'm like what the fuck what are we doing yeah. Yeah, what, so let's like, let's talk about this uh, this epilogue here at the end. Uh, yeah, she's at the end. She's she's broken up with Christian. She's living in Dubai with like presumably some other rich guy. Um, <laughs> I guess like for her, that's a way to like get as far away from uh, Christian as possible. I mean, it's pretty far away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, I feel like uh, she could have like stayed in the country like it's just like a very huge move like she was like i'm gonna go to dubai i'm like that is like a culture lifestyle change that's like a big change but okay um yeah so so yeah yeah the 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 last scene is like is her having lunch with a friend or dinner with a friend or something um and they're like having this conversation about like what her life's like now and like does she still like, is she still on good terms with Christian and other things like this? And like the conversation is like getting like very leading. It's like kind of in- interrogative. She's like, the friend is asking all these questions about Christian and about like how she gets along with Christian and what's Christian doing these days and stuff. And it almost seems like she's trying to like, interrogate her, like trying to get her to spill something about Christian doing that murder. And you think like, Oh, like, this is Christian's way of like checking up on her. You know, he, he said like, if she ever said anything about the murder, he was going to like kill Ryan and all this other stuff. Um, so you see thing, and you've already seen Christian use friends to get at Tara and like 
draw information out of her. So you're thinking, oh, this is Christian again doing this. Then you see the friend go to the bathroom, make a phone call. You're like, oh, yes, she's going to be telling Christian about it. And like she like gives like sort of a rundown of the conversation. When you see who's on the other end, it's Ryan. Ah! Um, (laughs) I loved I loved the way the movie so dramatically pulled the reveal. (laughs) It was like, can you believe it's Ryan? It's like, well, yeah, I can. Um, well, so so the the implication here is that like this this whole uh, this whole s- sequence of events has made Ryan into the same sort of person that Christian is basically. You think so? I I guess you could take. The, I thought it was just like he still loves her and wants to check in on her. Well, yeah, but he's also being kind of manipulative about it. He is, but they're not allowed to contact one another. What's he supposed to do? If they contact so. one another, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> he gets murdered by Christian. Um, I guess I just saw it as being like that classic thing of like, like the the final scene when you realize that like the heroes become the villain or something like that. Sure, I mean it, it was like, it's clearly the movie is playing it as slightly sinister, but I'm like I don't think it really has to be. Yeah, um, yeah there's there's different. I I think you could read it as just like as as not a dark thing i mean he's, there, like, he's st- ryan is not necessarily a good person either way it doesn't matter he was cheating on yeah. his girlfriend who seemed perfectly nice it's not like tara whose boyfriend was terrible um, yeah like gina seemed perfectly nice um and he's while he's d- cheating on her with tara he's also like blowing random producers so that he can get roles in movies or whatever like i don't really yeah. know like what the like he's not necessarily like an upstanding citizen so sure i believe that he could go down a dark path i just don't think he's quite a uh, christian levels of dark path yeah okay yeah because that's uh, interesting christian, so- christian is violent and scary yeah he's a murderer yes. he's he's not a good dude yeah Ryan does some morally questionable things, but a, he there wasn't much indication that he's capable of violence. But maybe the movie is saying that now he is. It's hard to say. It's hard to say because it ends here. Yeah. So, you know, if it, I think that if he were capable of real violence, the movie wouldn't show that he would have killed Christian or something. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you think so? That he's he's got every reason to to go after Christian at this point, right? Why not? You know. Oh well, yeah, that that's the canyons. That's it was canyon. an interesting little movie. I I can't say it was bad. Like I I enjoyed watching it. It was there was some kind, ambition there. It just wasn't it was kind of, put together well. Yeah, it wasn't the most coherent movie. It was kind of muddled. But there was some interesting choices being made here. Um, and I, I we haven't talked about it enough. But Lindsay Lohan is genuinely great in this. Yeah. Sure. Um. She like, especially knowing that this was coming at like kind of a time of turmoil for her and her career. She is like, she's nailing it. Um, really shows like the 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 torture that this character is going through, the the torment of like having to come home every day to this nightmare situation and just trying to get her way through it. Um, there's that scene where um, Christian has stolen her phone. And like replaced it with a fake one, but she finds out about it by like calling the phone and she's like looking for her actual phone where it's hidden in Christian's nightstand. And she's like creeping around looking for it. 
very obviously scared that Christian's going to wake up because he's right there in the bed. And like, she nails like the tension of that scene so well. Yeah. So it was a good scene. It, it was good to see her like performing to the best of her ability in this one. She, she really gave it her all there. I watched this right before I watched, I know who killed me, which is not <laughs> a, a quality Lindsay Lohan performance. Not that she had much good material to work with, but yeah, <laughs> that is, that is kind of a, a schlocky horror movie. That's pretty bad. Pretty pretty fun, but pretty bad. Um, so yeah, she's she's quite good here. It's strange that after this she disappeared for a while. I guess she like personal life stuff, you know. But um, she's trying to come back, you know. She did that movie where she was a werewolf detective, so she's back. <laughs> Lindsay's back, baby. Yeah. Um, hoping for the best for her. She's yeah. very talented. Yeah. That that was an interesting watch. Uh. <laughs> Definitely, this is one I've been meaning to get to for a while, so kind of glad to finally have finally. an excuse to. Yeah, well, yeah, then I'm it. really glad I randomly decided to watch it one like fucking Sunday, and um, <laughs> then it resulted in you watching it and us doing this episode. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not quite sure what we're going to talk about on the next episode yet. Last time we, we, we knew pretty sure that we wanted to do this one. I'm hoping to start doing something similar where we can make the next movie connected to the previous one each time, but we'll see. We have to find if somebody has a good idea out there of a movie that's tangentially connected to the canyons, let us know. Cause uh, um, we can talk about it. Um, well, we have options. We have Paul Schrader and Brett Easton Ellis movies. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, we could always, um, we could do L.A. We can yeah. do L.A. Is, is totally a theme. Um, yeah. Erotic thrillers more broadly. We can do yeah. an erotic yeah. thriller. We could do new Ben Affleck movie. Um, <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ben Affleck Arna de Armas. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, we have options. We have options. Totally have options. We'll 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 pick something good and we'll talk about it on the next one. We're it's probably going to be a little while after this episode before the next one because both of us are going to Disney World, but at separate times. It's so <laughs> funny. Separate times <laughs> and completely unconnected to each other. Yeah. This is like the weirdest set of circumstances here, especially because like. I've been like planning this for a little while now, a few months, and you just found out like this week <laughs> you're going to Disney World. A couple days ago, I got asked, "Want to go to Disney World?" And I was like, "Sure, okay." Um, um, so yeah, that is uh what's happening. I'm leaving in like, you know, just over 24 hours. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So between. <laughs> Yeah. Between the fact that we will both be gone for about a week and not at the same time, so right. that'll be I'll about be gone a two first, week, and then you'll be gone. Two uh, week period when neither of us is able to record. So yeah, um, we're we're it's gonna be a little while. We're both gonna be, you know, visiting the most ma- happiest place on earth, most magical place on earth. I can't remember which one. Not it is. for much longer um, if a certain Florida governor has his way. Oh God, no. Okay, let's not even get into that because <laughs> I've got so much to say. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll hopefully we'll be back sooner than later. Um, well, we'll be back. We'll, we'll we give can you our recap takes. our Disney experience. For yeah, all yeah, we'll give you our takes on what's going on in Disney these days. 
and we'll have a new movie to discuss then and hopefully plenty of other current films to think about too yeah but until next time you can find us on all the major platforms um spotify apple google all of it leave us a review if you like what we're doing you can also reach out to us um where our email is buzzedonmovies at gmail.com and we're on twitter at buzzedonmovies let us know if there's anything you think we should cover in the next one that's tangentially related to the canyons or any other themes that you think we should explore on this podcast. And <laughs> the idea of people pitching us themes to explore. You can do it. It literally, we're always looking for ideas. So you can I love be the, the idea. Please pit, pitch podcast. us themes. What should we, what, what's a deep dive we should take this summer? What are some themes we should really go into this summer? Literally, what is something that will keep us up late nights, like singing original songs or repeatedly watching terrible movies? You can you That's can our change our lives. Yeah. This is your opportunity. Uh, <laughs> and until next time, we'll see you at the movies. We'll see you at the movies.